Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of My Great Aunt Edna, the leadership show that focuses on excellence, doing things the right way, no shortcuts, and accountability. I'm your host, Mac McNeil, and today our special guest is Dr. Claude T. Williams. Dr. Claude T. Williams is a native son of South Carolina whose parents were in education and private business, respectively. Dr. Williams received his undergraduate degree from South Carolina State University, where he was a presidential and music scholar. He also attended Winthrop University and was a Charles R. Drew Memorial Scholar. He attended graduate school at the University of Texas at Austin and was a loose graduate fellow at Columbia University and a graduate fellow at Harvard University Graduate School of Education and the Executive Leadership Program. His seminary education includes Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary, Reformed Theological Seminary, Southern Evangelical Seminary, and United Theological Seminary. He is ordained by the United Methodist Church, African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church, and the Missionary Baptist Church. I could continue with his accolades and certifications, but most importantly, he saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me introduce you all to Bishop-elect Claude T. Williams, and welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, beloved. Thank you, uh, uh, Brother McNeil. Uh, grace and peace be unto you. From God the Father, Jesus Christ, his Son, and the blessed Holy Ghost, in the matchless name of our precious Lord and our risen and supreme Savior. Amen. I bring you greetings on behalf of United in Action of Stanley Churches Incorporated, of which I serve as president, I served as president for more than a decade. I also bring you greetings on behalf of On Time Ministries Incorporated, uh, which operates out of Wilmington, North Carolina, where I'm a member of the board of directors at large and also treasurer of On Time Ministries, Wilmington, North Carolina. I also bring you greetings as as a member as the chairman or chair, chairman of the general board of the Greater Assembly of Independent Churches, which is both a national and international alliance. All right. Well, there are those who often ask me the question, when do I sleep? And my response is simply this, I'll rest when I get to heaven. <laughs> the devil is busy and we'll just whip his hips with whatever angle that he gives me to swing it. On, on that, in that regard, Brother Mack, it's just the, the privilege to be here with you on this most auspicious occasion, and we're looking forward to this dialogue and to this exchange. To God be the glory. God be the glory, and thank you, sir. And for all the viewers and listeners out there, I want to tell you that my relationship with Dr. Claude T. Williams goes back several years, somewhere around 24 years to be exact. You know, we've had several debates and conversations and, you know, sporting conversations. And, you know, long story short, he is a great friend of mine, a mentor and an absolute man of God. Brother Mac, actually, that our relationship extends uh, 22, 23 years, sir. You're you going to correct me like that right here. Uh, uh, yes, I'm right here for, for the, all the whole world to see. Well, brother, I mean, you know, I, I've, I've known you a long time, and, with, and wherever you traveled, when you left the Carolinas and you went to Arizona, you progressed in your and in, in, in continued to elevate in your career in California. And regardless of where you've been, we've remained connected, we've remained yes, friends, and I, I consider it a privilege and an honor to to have met you and to know you, 
And I genuinely love you, my brother. And I really appreciate the, the privilege of being a part of this grand, grand assembly of, of dialogue and exchange. Well, thank you, sir. And I love you right back. So let's just jump right into some of these formal questions, because I know the listeners will want to hear from your wisdom. And so the first question that I have for you, sir, is that you've been a leader in multiple disciplines. We talked about this a little bit in the bio, but in clergy, education, business for several years. Which would you say has been the most challenging discipline to lead in and why? Well, if we if we were to uh, do a critical analysis by the textbook, there are five primary or principal practices of leadership. Mm-hmm. First is the autocratic leadership, which is basically guided and directed from leadership top down. Right. Okay? Assessing one's style, assessments, talents, your team's strengths and weaknesses, aptitudes, preferences, and the like. But then from, from those assessments, the leadership progresses from the top down. Okay, And having served in at least one faction of the Wesleyan tradition of the, of the church, uh, that was a most prominent uh, mode of operation as far as leadership, guidance, and direction. Then you have the uh, dem- the what is known with the, the democratic process of leadership, mm-hmm. in which it is guide- guidance and direction is led primarily congregationally or by a majority of those who have a preference and a, and a desire, contingent upon needs, perspectives, guide uh, directions, and 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 goals and objectives. It, it, it it's it's a congregational congregationally driven leadership certainly has its attributes and certainly also its liabilities. Then you have what is known as the laissez-faire mode mm-hmm. of operation in which uh, people generally do or what they what they choose to, which from my vantage point is nothing more than chaos and mayhem. All right. <laughs> but I do have two preferences. Okay. The first preference that I have, have not only practiced but engaged has been the what I would call the academic leadership, mm-hmm. which includes uh, r- such roles as uh, a creative vision and mission based upon science and research data for the organization as far as setting up uh, creative ideas, uh, uh, providing team building, establishing goals and objectives, both long-term and short-term. And from this, one of the many attributes uh, and practices uh, that I certainly endorse, and, and certainly this, this doctrine practices is excellent communication skills, mm-hmm. uh, being proactive rather than reactive, uh, knowing when to take risks, uh, resilience, and a passion for what to do next. In essence, you're not flying by the seat of your pants. Right. You have a plan A, you have a plan B, you have a plan C. There is transparency. There is a there are goals and objectives. There are protocols to be followed in the event of not only emergencies but long-term and short-term objectives. There, there is there's, there's a process, and and generally it is well thought through. It is that di- it is it is it is a, there is a dialogue, uh, and 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 when when enforced consistently, you you will have uh, not only long-term and short-term objectives but you will never find yourself in disarray because for every problem, there is a solution 
under the premise of a well thought through practice. That 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 is one of my preferences. But my the, the, the second of my leadership preferences is what is referred to as transformational leadership, mm-hmm. which is leadership that approaches the cause and changes into changes individuals and social systems. It cre- it uh, creates values and positive changes, uh, and it also follows uh, an end result, an in, uh, 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 a concluding goal and objectives, and it also develops followers into leaders. But the thing that I also appreciate about transformational leadership is the individual considerations, the intellectual situations, the inspirational motivations, and the idealized influence which provided role models for hypothetical behavior and pride. Uh, Transformational leadership not only works uh, in a a spiritual setting, but it certainly works in an educational setting and also can work uh, effectively in a business setting, but it's contingent upon proper planning, a proper process, and certainly contingent upon one's gifts and graces. uh, those are the two, the, the educational uh, the, 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 the educational leadership and the transformational leadership are the two that I am, I endorse and am, I am a proponent of. Uh, it, it's certainly, nothing is ideal under any stretch of circumstances. Right. After all, you're dealing with human nature. But uh, I've also operated under the premise that I plan sometimes, plan so far ahead that I forget that I've done what I've done sometimes. And I'm not, I'm not to be reminded, there are some that would consider that an, an attribute. I, you know, of, 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 after all, I, I've been, I, I have been uh, an educator, retired now for well over forty years. I've been a pastor for um, for almost fifty years. So I guess, and, and, and with that, there has been a change. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, trends and the like. So I guess one has the right to have forgotten some things, but I'll, but I also believe that if one works, if something works, then why abandon? Yeah, I definitely agree with that, one hundred percent. If it's working, you know why why change it? So uh, transformational leadership is definitely one of your go tos, right? And so we we talked about it a little bit in the bio but you've transitioned in multiple denominations in your 50 years of pastoring so what would you say has been the the major differences and challenges that you've had to face as a leader when changing denominations of course there are major differences in how the you know, the churches thinks how the congregation think but what are some of those challenges that you faced as a leader well in actuality i'm i'm actually i've served in four denominations technically and i'll get into that in a minute um, I have served in two factions of the Methodist Church. Um, I've also served in the in the Baptist Church, both the Missionary Baptist as well as the Primitive Baptist, uh, mm-hmm. in various capacities, long term and short term. And then on June 10, 2023, I will be consecrated uh, as a as a bishop uh, through the United Covenant Churches of Christ and the Great Assembly of Independent Churches, which is an apostolic alliance, which is a uh, an ecumenical assembling of the Wesleyan tradition as mm-hmm. well as the apostolic tradition. And uh, it, it's spirit-filled, it's Holy Ghost-driven, but it's also in keeping with John Wesley and Francis Asbury, it is also structured and defined. Now, with that in mind, um, the Methodist churches, I've served in two factions, mm-hmm. to date, 
both the United Methodist and the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church. The 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 Methodist Church uh, and and its found and its uh, spiritual leader proponent John Wesley Francis Asbury. Uh, the 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 there are three elements of struct of 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 uh, operation in the Methodist Church. Three elements of reference. You have the Bible, the hymnal, and the discipline. Okay. Mm -hmm. in most in our Wesleyan tradition, i.e., the United Methodist, the African Methodist Episcopal Zion, the African Methodist Episcopal, and the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church, there is a not only the Bible, but that there's an order of discipline. So for every protocol, for every practice, mm -hmm. you know, that exists within the church, there the, the the discipline and the Bible and the hymnal are our guides and our direction, guided by the Holy Spirit. And if it's not there, I have not done it, okay? Mm -hmm. If it's not in the Bible, if it's mm -hmm. not in the hymna, if it's not in the discipline, and if you're not guided by the Holy Spirit, then it simply shouldn't, it's I have not done it, okay? There, which means that there is consistency. Now, you're dealing with the human element here, yep, and yep. there are those who choose to ignore under the premise of preference, which brings me to another point. As I consider my experience in the in the Missionary Baptist Church, in the Primitive Baptist Church, the Primitive Baptist Church is, in, to some regard, influenced by the Wesleyan tradition as far as order and discipline. But many uh, many Baptist churches are autonomous, and 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 they and they, by virtue of being autonomous, they all operate can operate differently. Their protocols, how uh, communions. Are conducted, how home goings are conducted, all it, as it relates to the intake of members, as it relates to orientation, as it relates to the, the organization, got protocol and guidelines. Every, you know, every, you if you were to visit 30 different uh, Baptist churches, all being autonomous, you may find 30 different mode, mode of operation. But it has always been my experience. And I've also shared this with my young pastor, preachers mm -hmm. that I have mentored and guided through the ordination process. I remind them that first and foremost, in accepting an assignment, number one, you take God with you. Item number two, you are cognizant of the fact that uh, even Jesus was challenged as he guided not only his disciples, but those whom he ministered to in his travel. And item number three, when all else fails, always be a man of a, a, a man of God. So one must be prepared, mm -hmm. one, one, one must be prayed up, one must be reminded. And if there, if, if there is a challenge uh, to having uh, served in, in, in the, 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 these various factions, perhaps the challenge has been the new kid on the block sometimes is challenged to see what he is or she is made out of. Right. But I, I've always, the best that I could do, uh, Brother Mack, is to be fair. I, I've always been one to, 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 to support, to encourage, to share, uh, to, 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 to be uh, uh, an instant, to, buy, to, to be a model, and to encourage those in and around me. Uh, to be supportive of, even even if the person was a, a total stranger that I, I didn't have a clue who they were, okay? After mm -hmm. all, uh, Jesus 
uh, was one who fed the hungry, who clothed the naked, and 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 he also shielded the shielded the guilty. Uh, that that is that that is what we do as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Mm -hmm. But then the Apostle Paul also says this. He says, "Do all things in perfect order." And and sometimes in doing things in perfect order, that doesn't mean that you have to be nice while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be nice all the time just because you, know, you have pastor in your name. Well, that's right. Look, just just because you're a pastor does not mean you're a pacifist. Uh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I have had several private conversations about that point. Yes, yeah, we'll, we will. We'll keep those private. <laughs> yes, we will. Yes, we will. Yes, all right. <laughs> all right. So, so my next question for you. So, you're a Harvard graduate as well as a graduate a graduate of a historically black college and university. So which version of education has better prepared you for the leadership challenges that you have faced? Is it Ivy League or HBCU? Under, I thoroughly, I have thoroughly enjoyed and I've enjoyed my experiences in both facets. Growing up as a young man in the segregation of South, of South Carolina, mm -hmm. Never in my wildest dream did I ever think that I would have had the opportunity to have walked the halls of, an, of one of the finest institutions of higher learning, not only in this country, but in the civilized world. That's not only Harvard, but Columbia as well. Mm -hmm. But I would never have ever uh, traded my the experiences that prepared me for my four years as an undergraduate at South Carolina State University in Orangeburg, South Carolina, there were faculty and staff, men and women of, of ethnic diversity, of religious backgrounds, ages, and gifts that poured into us their lives and their experiences that not only made us, prepared us to be grand and transforming professional, but also righteous and upstanding men and women. Mm -hmm. They, we are a reflection of them. And from those experiences and from the friendships and the alliances uh, through fraternal organizations and athletic so alliances and the like, uh, it not only uh, bolstered and prepared us for the competitions of life, but also reminded us of the importance of character, working through challenges and disappointments and unfairness. And, right. and the list goes on and on. But we also established friendships and alliances that have maintained and sustained over these years. But one of the things that I'm most proud of certainly being an alum of an HBCU. I'm reminded there are men such as Dr. Ernest Everett Judge, mm -hmm. son of Charleston, South Carolina, distinguished professor of biology at Howard University, who's the first honorary member of the Omega Psi Phi fraternity, is a native son of South Carolina, but also an alumni of my undergraduate alma mater. As I think about, as I consider mm -hmm. Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays, native son of Greenwood Earhart, South Carolina, mm -hmm. who went on to 
uh, to the University of Chicago and Bates College in, in, in New England, but was also a distinguished alumni of South Carolina State University, who served as president of, of Morehouse College from 1940 to 1967, and who had impacted generations upon generations of men who were an outstanding leader. But those are the experiences as are residuals of being a grad of being a part of an HBCU, as I consider the life and legacy of Dr. Andrew Huguenick, who's mm -hmm. also a graduate of South Carolina State, who went on become president of not only South Carolina State, but Alabama, Alabama A&M State University in Huntsville, Alabama, who graduated with a 4.0 GPA and went mm -hmm. on to earn a PhD from the Michigan State and is an outstanding friend and a, and a fraternity brother as well. He is an alumni of SC State. As I consider the, the life and legacy of uh, Dr. Benjamin Pate, mm -hmm. not only president of Benedict College, but also a distinguished president of Tuskegee University, and has transformed that institution of higher learning uh, to grand and wonderful things, who among all, has the only, only HBCU in this country that has a school of veterinary medicine but it also has uh, aeronautical engineering and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And when I think of the current, of the president of SC State when I was an undergrad, Dr. M. Macy Onance Jr., who guided South Carolina State through the tumultuous years of the civil rights movement and guided into the 21st century uh, to what, to, as, as president built on what he, what he was able to do in, in 20 years. All of these men that I, I have, had the privilege of meeting mm -hmm. and who have, have been not only friends, but in, in but resources that I could call on. Or I had the privilege of meeting that I could say with honor and distinction that there were men of character. If I had not had these experiences, I would not have been prepared for the for not only for the Ivy League, but for academia, for the pastorate, for business, consulting, and various asunder of other things. For they represented the, 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 in its truest fashion, anything is possible if you work hard at it, if mm -hmm. you focus and believe that anything is possible and that God is always on your side. So uh, we need to just put you in an HBCU commercial. I can see that right now. You know, the next, uh, you know, Grambling and Southern game, we're just going to throw you right up in there in the commercials. And, you know, HBCU. I mean, you got me passionate about it. Just listening to that right there. Well, I'll tell you what, if South Carolina State is in it, nobody else will get a word in otherwise. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, we, we have some listeners right now that's going to challenge that. Well, that's all right. That's a, bring them on. Bring them on. Bring them on. <laughs> all right. So I got, I got another question for you, sir. So you mentioned already Omega Psi Phi, but I already know you're passionate and a dedicated member of that fraternity. So how has your membership in this brotherhood impacted how you lead? On Father's Day, 1981, mm -hmm. I had the privilege of not only hearing, but hearing a profound and a transforming message by Dr. Benjamin Elijah May at the time when he was still, at the time when he had retired from as president of Morehouse College and as all, it was still a prominent leader academically and spiritually in the city of Atlanta and, and the world at large. Um, this man, among others, represented 
the profound and the prophetic excellence, not only academically, but also as a man of character and a man of distinction who personified our four cardinal principles, manhood, scholarship, perseverance, and uplift. And from men like his example and mm -hmm. men like him, uh, individuals who guided us and inspired us, many of the, the individuals that I had mentioned previously, Dr. Uh, 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 Ernest Everett Just, Dr. Henry mm -hmm. Guinness, Dr. Benjamin E. May, Dr. M. Macy O'Neill, not only were the distinguished presidents of colleges and universities, but they were also members of the Omega Sci-Fi fraternity. Uh, we, uh, our, our founding began on Friday evening, November 17, 1911, in the office of Dr. Ernest Everett Just, who was our first honorary member. And he guided three young men, uh, Edgar A. Love, Oscar J. Cooper, and Frank Cole. And they all, in their own way, made impacting, uh, were impacting role models as educators, as theologians, and as physicians. Mm -hmm. Okay, since 1911, we have well over 100, well over 100,000 members, both nationally and internationally, and our impact and, and our impact and our influence has not only been not only been invigorated, not only re revitalizing, but it is also transforming as well. For we are indeed leaders. I there were times when I would often remind individuals. The only, the, the only thing that would, that would be more taxing than becoming as, as taxing as becoming a member of the Omega Sci-Fi fraternity is surviving boot camp at Paris Island, South Carolina. And I took, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to beg to differ on that one, but okay. Well, see, <laughs> you don't know what I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go with that for now. I'm thinking, I'm thinking you know, special ops, military, uh, yeah. Okay, but we'll go with that. But that, that, that we, we, we are indeed a cut above. We are the creme de la creme. And we, <laughs> we, we represent not only what, we not represent not only what has been, but what, what, what will be and what is to come. All right. Um, and, 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 and clearly our track record of not only community service nationally and internationally, our track record as far as leadership uh, in politics and religion and business, in medicine, and the list goes on and on. There's a clear reflection that where we are, changes can and will take place by whatever means necessary. Love that. So you know you're not the only brother that I know that I'm really close with that is, uh, you know, I use the, the Q word, you know, that is a Q. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were going to throw it up. Yeah, but uh, I've always had a special bond with Qs. You know, I'm not a fraternity man myself. You and I have discussed it multiple, multiple times. But I can tell you that the brothers through life that I just think about, that I just naturally migrate to and just understand and, and get with, and that's that Omega Sci-Fi crew. Yeah. You're a man, you're, you're, you're man of character and a man of discernment. I, I certainly can, I can appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> All right, so I'm 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 ready for my last question for you now. Now this is the this is a doozy. This is a good one. So you you know you're gonna have to think about this one and dig deep for me. So, but as a leader in today's environment, what are one or two things that I know you and I have had several conversations, and you probably have ten or eleven things. But I'm gonna ask you to keep it to one or two things that pisses you off that you wish that you could change. There are two things. 
that I want to limit to, to this evening. And this All right. Says, there are two things. I am appalled and aghast into those individuals who cut corners just to get by. Mm-hmm. Preach, preach. I'm going to say that right now. Preach. Many years ago, I learned a poem. And I will not cite it in its entirety, but the last line of that poem is, do thy duty that is best. Mm-hmm. Leave unto the Lord the rest. All right. The Apostle Paul says, do all things in perfect order. Yes, sir. When one assumes an assignment, when we had this conversation regarding this event, I immediately began to prepare myself in order that I might properly represent not only myself and the office, the office that I serve, mm-hmm. the fraternal order, which I am a member, but also as a man who believes that you always give it your best. Right. By, by means of research, by, by means of reconnaissance, by, by resources, inquiries, whatever is necessary to prepare for an assignment, do thy duty that is best. Right. I believe that unequivocally. But secondly, the second thing that galls me are those individuals, be they male or female, who what I call spirits of Dathan. Dathan was a nemesis to Moses. Okay. Dathan was content with what is rather than what could be. Uh-huh. And was, was inclined to, 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 to derail progress because of short-sightedness. Yes, yes. Self-centeredness and personal greed. I have personally seen and seeing the residuals of individuals who have attempted to stand in other people's way because they were content with where they were right, and wanted no one else to rise above them. Mm. From my vantage point, that is an abomination. And I think it, the onus is upon all of us who are in positions of leadership to not only promote but reach back. Mm-hmm. And to encourage others, because there will come a day when my season will be over, and I would hope that when that time comes, and one has to know when to step away, right? One, one, there should be someone that one that you, who you have mentored, and that you are prepared that take that mantle as Moses when he when he when it, his time was up, he handed the mantle over to Joshua in order that Joshua could lead the children of Israel into uh-huh. the promised land, okay? Uh-huh. We all should have that same mentality. But then we, that there should be those that are receptive enough to listen uh-huh. and to be receptive and to be attentive and not only take what we've learned, but to build from it, but to respect where we got it, all right? Uh-huh. Now, those are the, you asked me to limit, my, limit it to two, and I'm going to stop right there because I'm also I, I'm reminded that obedience is better than sacrifice. 
<laughs> I already know we could be talking for two hours if we just kept going on that one. We could be going. But yeah, just to recap, you know, the first thing you said when you're talking about people not being prepared, in my mind, I went to my great aunt Edna and talking about taking no shortcuts. Like, don't take shortcuts. Do what you need to do to prepare so that you present yourself in the best possible format. So I love that. And then the second one, when you're talking about people that they're because they're content, you know, they don't want anyone else to excel or maybe it's their short sightedness. They, you know, they stop, you know, having the urge to have visions and things of that nature. I think that's probably one of the most critical non-performing things that a leader can do when another leader comes into an organization is to have that stance. So I am agreeing with you 100%. And unfortunately, it happens to the young and the old. So it's not just somebody who's been in a role for a long time. Uh, you know, it could be someone that's new to role, but they don't want someone else that comes in and has a new vision that they don't have to supersede them. So I agree with you know everything that you just said right there. Thank that you. was all wisdom, all wisdom. So we're getting ready to wrap this episode up. But before we do, you know, I want to turn it over to you, Dr. Williams. You know, any last things that you want to say to the listeners and viewers out there? Um, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. In this 21st century, we are in the midst of trying and challenging times. Yes, sir. Be they social, ethnic, political economic, and professional. But these times are no different than in biblical times. Mm -hmm. But I'm also reminded that in the midst of it all, in the midst of challenge, if you are rooted and grounded in a God that is able, Amen then he will make a way out of no way, but you have to be willing to do your part. Yes, sir. It requires not only prayer, it requires study, it requires preparation. It also requires service. It's not simply talking the talk, but walking the walk. Yes, sir. I believe. I believe in nurturing. I believe in encouraging. I believe in service. I sleep about three, four hours a day. The rest mm. of my, my, my days are busy, and I've done this for years. And I do it not for show, but I do it mm -hmm. because it is required. There will come a day when my term is up, but I can well honestly be able to say that I wore out, I didn't rust out. Oh, I love that. I love that. I was, I was never on the sideline. I left it all on the field. And it did not matter whether whether folk liked it or not. The best I could do was give it my best and be fair. Yes, sir. Uh, Brother McNeil, I want to thank you for the opportunity of being a part of your research. I want to thank you for being a part, for, for having the insight and the foresight to initiate something such as this. For not only does it bring to light what has been and what is, but it also uh, would allow posterity to know who and what we are, mm -hmm. where we have come, and our plan of action moving forward. I thank you, my brother, for being the man that you are. Continue to be well, be safe, be encouraged, and may the road rise to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. 
May the sun shine warm upon your face. May the rains fall soft upon your feet. May green be the grass you walk on. May blue be the skies above you. May pure be the joys that surround you. May true be the hearts that love you. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. Amen. 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 And I received that. God bless. You know, I love you, brother. You know, we'll be talking soon for all the listeners out there. We will be putting his information up on the screen. You can reach out to him. He's he's a wealth of wisdom. And I truly mean that in so many ways. He's also very funny. He thinks he knows things about sports, but, you know, me and him go back and forth on that. But, uh, you know, we're not, not going to get started on that. <laughs> But with that, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode of My Great Aunt Edna. Make sure you subscribe to this channel to hear from leaders from all around the world with leadership wisdom nuggets to help you in your own journey. And with that, I say thank you. May your week be excellent and God bless. God bless. Good night. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's show. And I want to give a special thanks to Bishop Dr. Claude T. Williams for taking time out of his busy schedule to share his leadership experiences. I also want to remind everyone that my book is available now wherever books are sold called My Great Aunt Edna, The Golden Girl of Leadership. And also like and subscribe to this channel so that you can hear from other great leaders from all over the world. And with that, I say thank you. May your week be excellent and God bless.